All right. So I want to start off with something kind of like lighthearted. So what do you think is the funniest thing a fan has ever said to you? I had people say things that were really inappropriate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, in front of like uh, ladies in front of their husbands and yeah. and hus husbands in front of their kids and, and, and yeah. stuff like that. And um, that I would rather not. Uh, yeah. And uh, I think my two daughters, can y'all hear me? <laughs> my two daughters upstairs can hear me. And, uh, but um, I've had people say things that were really special to me too. I mean, I've had people tell me that my music saved their life. And yeah. uh, I mean, those are the things that stick out. Like uh, that's been going on a lot lately because I, I'm, I'm getting ready to get back creative and like make my next bundle of, of songs, you know, uh -huh. and I've been, um, and I always go through this, time where it's like tour 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 then it's like create create yeah. and every time i get to that point create create there's this little thing it's like okay it's time to create again what you going to do now and then uh on tour the this whole tour at least once every show i had someone come up to me and tell me um how my music got them through a really tough time and so i that ain't necessarily funny or crazy but no but that's that's powerful there's, that's the most powerful thing and it's been happening lately and there's more powerful further back you go but it's like the the newest stuff is the freshest on me you know mm -hmm. I, so i have a question when you're on stage and you're out there do you ever does it ever hit you like how everyone's listening to you and like this just speaks to people and like really comes and yeah man it does and and, and like the further i go the more that it does because um, I've been making a living at music now for over over 15 years. Um, I've been more and more well known for probably the past decade. Mm -hmm. But even before that, I was paying all my bills because I worked hard and I stayed on the road and did whatever it took, you know. Yeah. But um, I mean, I, lately I've had several, I guess you would call it out of body experiences where I'm on stage and I'm so locked into what I do and I, I take it very seriously. So I'm really prepared um to do it at any time and and there's all these words coming out of my mouth and i'm hearing in my my in ears and sometimes yeah. i'll just like like i'm sitting back witnessing and hearing all this i'm like i don't even realize that i'm saying the words and yeah. you know what i mean yeah it's, no it's one of those things it's just like you feel like it's like a higher thing like saying and it's, it's for sure crazy. man that's great sure. you know that's good yeah and that's a good question you you asked me man because i've been dealing a lot of this stuff's been going on man this this stuff mm -hmm. you're talking about already and um uh i don't i don't want to like take credit for it you know what i mean like i i'm like grateful that mm -hmm. that i've been uh kind of like a vessel for this for creativity and i think everyone has creativity within them especially young people and i think when we go to school and we get into society or whatever I think that, that like the the creative people are not not always in charge. You know what I mean? So it's like the creative people. It's almost like they push the creativity away and want you to do everything this way. Yeah. You know, and um and like that's why little kids. I, I think all little kids are artists. You know, they all want to draw and paint, and then like it kind of gets beat out of them. You know, mm -hmm. and I'm I'm fortunate that it never got beat out of me. You know, I was always trying to draw a picture or, uh, and my dad was a brick mason. So I was around, uh, masonry work and mm -hmm. like stuff, you know, creating yeah. things. Uh, and, uh, so that's never left me, you know, no matter what they were talking about at school, I was always uh, trying to figure out a way to make something cool. And a uh, music just ended up being the one that when I leaned into it, mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, this is, this is something everyone's not doing in class. Like, this is something I'm doing that 
it sticks out. You know what I mean? Like this is something I have that doesn't seem as common, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so that's kind of what I, what I stuck with. Yeah. Like a bunch of stuff you said in there is like great stuff. Like there's a couple of things I wanted to, you know, start out. So, so it's kind of like a two part question here. So I know yeah. you, you worked in construction while you were pursuing your dreams of being an art artist. I want to ask like, how hard was that? Then kind of going off that, when was there a moment like you knew, Hey, I want to be a musician. You know, I want to travel around, you know, the country playing music and world. Um, well, yeah, I was, uh, well, I worked for my dad, uh, most of my younger life. And then probably in my mid twenties, I, I got, I was really good at what I, what I, what I did. You know, my dad is like a Mr. Miyagi level yeah. ninja and, <laughs> and he's 71 now. So he's slowing down a bit, but this guy is like, you know, his generation, they worked to eat, you know, and I worked because I wanted a cell phone and Jordans, you know, and a, in a new car, yeah. like, it was a different type of dynamic mm -hmm. as far as my motivation. Um, but when I started doing my own jobs, I started to make considerable money, you know, yeah. and um, I was already associated with the band uh, Rehab. And I knew uh, Danny Boone from when I was a kid. He's older than me. So I, he was kind of like someone I looked up to. And um, um, I was invited to participate and help get that going. Um and so when I started going to the rehearsals and we started doing shows, I mean, I would be laying block yeah. or bricks and pouring concrete yeah. uh, Monday through Saturday. Like, I mean, every day that I had a job, it was different than when I worked for my dad. It was like my job. I, I was going at it like a like a like an athlete, you know, trying to make that money. And I, I got to where I was stacking money and my, my, had my credit going and all this. And so I noticed, you know, the rehab shows went from like one a week to two a week, five a month. And then we had demand all over the country. Yeah. And so I was thinking to myself, I was finishing this job where it was a pretty good paying job. And, um, and I just went and bought a, you know, I, man, I'm pretty spiritual. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and it was on me that like, you know, if this is truly what you're going to do, no, you're going to do it or you're not. Right. So I went and bought a van and a trailer. So I pulled up at band practice with a van and a trailer. Like nice. nobody told me to get a van. Nobody gave me. So it's like, you know, these people want us in Colorado. These people want us in Seattle. Like, here we go. Let's go. And um, that's kind of when I made the decision. And it was, it was just kind of on me to jump, you know. And um, so I spent, you know, several years, eight or nine years with rehab uh, as a part of it. I was never like the head of it, but I was like the, I feel like I was a spark plug in it, you know. I go get it, go get it, whatever. However far the drive is, 20 hours, I'll drive it. Mm -hmm. If they're paying this or that, whatever, we'll make it work. We'll make it up selling T-shirts. I'd go sell the T-shirts. I'd do whatever was needed. I'd get on stage and be Danny's hype man, or we would do songs me and Danny had together. Yeah. It was just on me to do it, you know? And I knew that uh, the experience and the education I got from that would come into play later because I knew I know that I'm an artist. I'm not always going to be able to, to just exist as a player on the team. I'm going to have to, my creativity is going to be the center at some point. And the sooner I get started, the sooner I'll be ready to lead the game. And uh, that's what happened. You know, and from 2014, the last rehab show was on a Sunday and the first demon show was that Wednesday. And I haven't stopped. I, yeah. I, I mean, May 24th, 2014 is when my, the first solo demon Jones show, you know, since muddy muddy dropped and all that. And then I hadn't stopped, you know, steady yeah, the whole time. it's kind of it's kind of funny because like you, you took a big risk but you talked about like spiritually 
I, it yeah. almost feels like it wasn't a risk for you because you were able to rely on your, your spiritual presence, you know, to help you with that. Is that fair right. to say? Well, you know, it wasn't something that I decided that I wanted to do. It was just like always on me that like naturally this is kind of what yeah. I am, you know, like yeah. why everybody uh, like on Thursdays and Fridays and, you know, when I'm 21, everybody wants to go out. Yeah. But we're going to go to a bonfire while well, I'm bringing my guitar. Yeah. Because I'm going to sit around and play and rap yeah. while everybody's mm -hmm. drinking, doing whatever. Yeah. It was just on me to do it. Mm -hmm. And I had to find a way to, to get it out. So it was always something that was planted in me that I was compelled uh, to do. It wasn't me trying to get attention or be the cool yeah. guy or like none of that. None of that. Mm -hmm. It was always something that naturally came through me. And it just took me a while to find my voice. You know, I had to live some, lose some. And uh, so where, when I write songs, I'm not just writing something I think you're going, you think is going to sound cool. Yeah. I'm writing something that I saw or that I, I, I experienced or I saw someone go through. Yeah. And, uh, and I think when you do that, then, then you're, you know, now I'm speaking for people. Yeah. Like I'm putting your yeah. life into words mm -hmm. in ways that you may not be able to. Yeah. And so when you hear me, you're like, wow, man, like, you know, and, and that, that's yeah. how artists affect me. And, um, yeah. That's yeah. So I, I could be wrong with this one, but you open for Hank Williams, Toby Keith and Kip Moore. No, I did, I don't recall that. They they put that on uh, one of your bios. I was gonna ask. You know what, man? The internet is something else, man. And Wikipedia is like the worst. You know, like yeah. I, I read it one time. I'm like, who does that? You know, yeah. like just yeah. They got my net worth flying around. I'm like, yeah. who asked me what my net worth was? You know? Yeah, like, no, that's great. That's that's on me. <laughs> I'll, I'll just I'll just edit that right out. That's I'm yeah, sorry yeah. That's not that. true. That's not true. Yeah. Now I know some of those guys. Like, yeah. and I know Brantley. I mean, I know a lot of those guys yeah. and. Um, but I, I've never yeah. like went and pulling on shirt tails, trying to hop on things. I try to like, and I never go on tour saying, Hey, y'all remember me from rehab? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I let my stuff stand on its yeah. own. Yeah. And, um, you know, I take the experience from, you know, I've toured with kid rock, you know, rehab yeah. toured me. I was on the first kid rock cruise with rehab. Uh, we've toured with, uh, uncle cracker, uh, several other really, really cool bands, Mm -hmm. And a rehab even toured with Lincoln Park before I was involved, like back mm -hmm. in the day before I was involved at all. Uh, they toured with uh, Lincoln Park right when they the hybrid theory came out, yeah. which was a few, you know, was years before mm -hmm. four or five years before I had anything to do with it. You know, when they were first getting going. Uh, but there's yeah, man, there's a lot of cool history. And uh, and man, a lot of the people that are making it right now, I've known a lot of these people. Mm -hmm. Bubba Sparks, Colt Ford, the Lax. Georgia Boys, Moonshine Bandits, uh, Chris Calico, Ritz, Yellow Wolf, um, Adam Calhoun, Upchurch. Uh, I mean, I've known these guys yeah. before the listeners knew the guys. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I knew them when they was not dropping music. I knew Colt Ford before, before Ride Through the Country. I knew Bubba Sparks 23 years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like That's crazy. You know what I mean? I was associated. I was in the rooms with them. I was writing songs that, that would end up using. So I've been involved in the country rap thing since it was just an idea. Yeah. Like I was in the room playing the guitar, um, uh, laying down stuff that would become songs on Colt Ford's first country rap album. That was a, a that's a gold record. I got a gold plaque for it in the basement, you know? That's, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, um, man. Yeah, so your tour is the straw, you know, the straw hat tour. 
I want to yep. ask two things. One, what's the significance behind the straw hat? And then one, how, how and then second, how has the tour been? Okay, straw hat. Uh, long story, and I, you know, I try to get into it on stage without taking up too much time. But, um, you know, gr growing up in Georgia, I don't know how much time you've spent in Georgia, but I know it gets hot in Ohio as well. But in the July heat in Georgia, mm -hmm. people die, die mm -hmm. from, yeah. from heat. Uh, exhaustion. You can get like 110 degrees. It's crazy. I, yeah, we. I've worked in 118 heat index before. That's wild. Now, not a lot of that because yeah. you, you. When it gets like that, we'll go to work at five, and yeah. right when you can see, we'll start and then leave at noon, and then maybe come back at 4 p.m. for a couple hours to avoid the deadly. You know, uh, but on the worst days, sometimes there's something going on, like you're pouring, con you know, walls full of concrete. You can't do that. You have to go until it's done, right? So we would go to Ace or wherever and we would get straw hats and we would put them on to keep the sun off of our shoulders and our necks uh, that would lower the temperature of your, you know, yeah. considerably. Yeah. Um, so when I was going to shoot the muddy, muddy video, I was like, you know, I'm used to being in a band, you know, part of mm -hmm. a band and like everything not being about me, look at me. And, and I had no idea what I was going to do, you know, and I was like, damn it, you know. It was 105, supposed to be 105 that day. And I was like, I'm going to get, I'll go grab a straw hat, you know? And, uh, and I did. And then I didn't realize what I was doing. Cause you know, I had on my Braves hat in the video too. Yeah. Like, like I always yeah. have on a Braves or a Bulldog yeah. hat, you know, when I'm not working. Um, so uh, the straw hat thing, I didn't realize the significance that would hold, you know, I was doing it because it was literally 105 degrees and that would be what I would normally wear to work if it was 105 degrees. Yeah. And um, and so that night, because uh, all day people were asking me, man, I need a straw hat. Like they were trying to get my straw hat, you know? At the video shoot, there's like 5,000 people. It's mud bomb. And um, so me and my wife, I literally, I, I wish I had my hat close in my truck. We just sat like this in my laptop, took a, 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 a selfie with the, this camera. Okay drug it into illustrator my beard was a bit shorter of course yeah. traced my head in illustrator in five minutes then my, my logo was born me and my wife's sitting in that chair right yeah. there and i still got the illustrator file with the date on it so like no one could ever steal it and i've had yeah. people like put it on their stuff and like sell it and i'm like hey boss yeah, uh, you you can you don't have permission to use that. That's my head. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's my that's head. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, take it down. That's like amazing. motorcycle racing teams. <laughs> I'm like, that's cool. I appreciate it, but you can't. Yeah, you can make you one, but that's my head on your stuff, and you didn't right. say nothing to me. And yeah. they're trying to sell it, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, so and and then I started doing shows with it, and uh, I didn't even have them. I just had one, you know. Mm -hmm. And everybody's trying to steal my hat. I'm like, well, man, I guess I need to find out where to get straw hats. So yeah. now I'm by the pallet and I can't, <laughs> I mean, I, I got a stack of them in there boxed up right now that we ship out today. I mean, I sell uh, a dozen or more a day on average. That's crazy. On my website. And then I'll sell wow. 30 to 50 a show. Usually that is insane. it is insane. And I don't see that's something I wasn't even thinking that fell in my lap and like a noticeable logo in the world is a very power is one of the most powerful things in marketing, you know, Nike, McDonald's, like you don't got to see the word. You can just see the logo and you know exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. 
And so a lot of my stuff doesn't even say demon on it anywhere. Yeah. You know, it doesn't say demon yeah. anywhere. It just has yeah. this logo. Yeah. And then you know what it is. Some people know what it is, you yeah. know? So you mentioned money, muddy in there. Some people attribute it as like your breakout single. Did you, did you, um, you think that was going to be as popular as it was when it released? Or actually, this is kind of a better one. When you release songs, do you know which ones are going to like do well versus like? Absolutely not. I used to think I did. Yeah. But once Backyard Lullaby blew up, I, I had, you know, I was hopeful, you know, and, and I know, I know that I'm good at what I do. You know what I mean? I, I understand that I'm blessed in, in the, in the, the art of lyricism. You know what I mean? I know that I'm blessed. I've spent, you know, decades and mm -hmm. I've got my 10,000 hours. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I've had my 10,000 hours of mm -hmm. uh, chewing up a notebook and, uh, uh, and, and staying up all night trying to make this line, these line, two lines work. Um, easy 10,000 hours. So with Muddy Muddy, it was so different. Uh, you know, I was coming out of a band that's like popular for a certain sound, like a rock rap type mm -hmm. Southern swag thing uh, with some country and rap and all this. I was, I was very uh, adamant that I didn't want to lean on anything Rehab had done at all you know what i mean i wanted to make sure that mine was distinctly demon jones it was distinctly jones county it was distinctly where boys from jones county would hear it and feel the same way that little boys in compton felt when uh, uh straight out of compton came out mm -hmm. so that was my motivation and i knew muddy muddy did that and uh but i had no idea you know what i mean it got ten thousand views the first day and um which is you know, now that's not considered much, but it, that is very decent. You know no, what I mean? I didn't have a whole lot of subscribers. I mean, I yeah. think I had like four or 5,000 subscribers yeah. and now I have 300 and something thousand, you know, over yeah. a decade. So, yeah. So one more like music question that I want to get in some Georgia sports. So you're like independent. So like, what are the perks of being of that? Well, there's, there's a, uh, advantages and disadvantages to it uh the advantage is i can do whatever i feel like doing today mm -hmm. nobody's gonna call me and tell me when my songs got to come out when i have to go on tour how many songs have to be on the next album hey we got to do this feature for these political purposes you got to let this guy do this uh you can't put that in your video you can't say that in your song you can be because you, I feel like. You can be you, 100%. I can be me, 100%. And uh, I really like that. There's a lot of freedom in it. And I make, say if $100 comes in and you're on a label, mo the deal matters. You know, like mm -hmm. every record deal is not the same. It depends on what the deal says. Mm -hmm. So if 100 bucks comes in off of my music on a record deal, you might end up and i had a pretty good deal i was with average joe's for two albums starting off so i might end up with 35 or 40 of those dollars out of 100 and and, and now that i'm independent i will probably end up with 75 or 80 of the dollars so i can i can be half i can do half the numbers and make the same money or even more really because i i don't have to you know i own all the publishing i you know what i mean stuff like that um there's no markups on the video shoots. Like if the video costs $5,000, I pay the guy $5,000. And sometimes certain labels, I'm not saying who, 
I just know that this is a part of the business. If you're on Universal, the video director will charge you $7,000 to the label, but then the label charges the artist $27,000. Mm-hmm. So that's a way they make money on the uh, of the accounting, you know? And there's no, nothing like that. But the headache of it is I'm responsible for hiring all the people. I'm responsible yeah. for paying all the people. Yeah. And which is not a big deal to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Most of the people I deal with are people I've dealt with. Yeah. But starting off, it can be. Yeah. You don't come out of the gate knowing what's going on usually independent. And I think being on a label helped me. You know what I mean? Because I saw some of the things I liked and didn't like. Yeah. So I knew that. But if you look at my numbers and I could pull them and show you like on just say Spotify and you to any of them would be the same. So this is the graph. So like 20, 2010, I'm on average Joe's I'm independent because I'm dropping what I want, when I want with who I want, instead of, Oh, we're going to do that next May. Yeah. Okay. That did good. It was, it's just like this Bing, drop another album, Bing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so this signifies a better standard of living for my wife and children. Yeah. There it is. That's what I prayed for. Mm-hmm. That was the record deal I made with myself. It's like, I wanted to, <laughs> I don't necessarily want to be on Rolling Stone magazine. That's not my goal. I, I want to sustain my life, care, give my, my family a good life, uh, be an asset to my community through my music. And I've done, I've done that. So I have to set some new goals because I really reached most of them. You know, I might've set them too low maybe. And I heard, I heard jelly the other day talk cause I've known jelly a long time before. Yeah, that was my one question I was going to ask. Cause I forgot to ask that question. So I was going to ask, what was it like working with them? And he goes, I know he was on one of your songs. Yeah. I've known him for, uh, I mean, I I've been a fan of him since he got out of jail and posted that 10 minute freestyle thing, you know, but, <laughs> and, uh, and see, he was, he was underground running for a long time and he knew who I was. They all knew who rehab was. Cause we was like the hardest working Mm-hmm. underground band there was there i mean we did 250 shows a year for That's years funny. and like 75 day trips in a van so it's like people that was in that world trying to get it going knew who we was and he knew who i was so 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 i was trying to get him and everybody didn't know who he was right mm-hmm. like i knew who he was in 2015, 2016, did you know who Jelly Roll was? No, I'm Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that's when we did Bronco, right? And yeah. I, it was very important. And if you look on the Beast album, it's Cole Ford, Smo, Jelly Roll, uh, Alexander King is someone who Crazy. I've known for a long time. Damn. And then uh, Noah, uh, uh, Noah Gordon on Backyard oh. Lullaby. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's it. And I think Kid Kid Rock's guitar player, Jason Krause, was on a song. Well, uh, so you see, he, he, I regard him as this mm-hmm. then, you know, like I already knew what he was. But, but uh, and we're friendly and we know each other, but like he's blowing up now. And the last thing I'm about to do is call him and yeah. ask him for anything. I'm just going to say, go Jelly, go yeah, get yeah. it, get it all. You know what I mean? Like I'm just yeah. clapping. Mm-hmm. But uh, I didn't grow up with him. You know what I mean? He's a Nashville cat. Mm-hmm. I'm a middle Georgia cat, but in the circles, we, we, we're, we know each other and I, mm-hmm. I have a, a, a strong respect for him. And I'm, I'm just a cheerleader right now. You know what I mean? I hope he gets everything he wants and then some, but um, I heard him on a podcast the other day say, 
man, I, I set my dreams too, too short. He said, I got to come up with some new dreams. You know, <laughs> this is crazy, you know? Wild. So I guess I got to do that too. You know, like I have no, um, concept of like what you know you don't know what your potential is we always sell ourselves short we don't know what we're capable of like man you could be as the next joe rogan like if yeah. you don't think so then maybe not but if you believe it is then you might be that next guy you know might, might be the next spotify hundred million dollar man you don't that's, if you say you ain't the then you ain't if yeah. that's the goal then there it is you can do and it you know he did it you know yeah and like the thing is is like i feel like just like putting out content where people can like actually relate to and like get people you actually want on and like stuff. Cause if you don't, if it doesn't like speak to people, it's never going to do well. You know what I mean? So. That's right. Absolutely. You know, just be honest and be straight up and talk about the things like a lot of the stuff you're asking me is stuff people haven't asked me. I mean, the people that are interested in me will find that cool. Some mm -hmm. people won't care, you know, but you know, what, what if my next song is the number one song in the world? And then this podcast is two months old. It might get 78 million views. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, I, I, wanna... I don't know what song I'm about to write. I don't know yeah. how good or I don't know how everybody's going to like it. I have no idea. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's wild. Um, so you're a Georgia sports fan. It's safe. We can assume it. Um, so oh, well, excuse me, Bulldogs and Braves. I don't follow NFL. I don't follow NBA. Zero. I don't do none of that. It's Georgia Bulldogs, Atlanta Braves. And the school where my kids go. <laughs> That's yeah. it. So, so being you know being like a Georgia Bulldogs fan and now in the Braves. So, what's like the greatest memory watching sports from those two teams? Like, is there is there one memory that sticks out? Let me. When I was a child, and Sid Bream scored from second base because. <laughs> Cause we were raised uh, Braves, man. Like my, my mom, my dad likes the Braves, but my mom is from Atlanta and the Braves is just, I can tell you everyone that was on the team, like, like say the year, you know what I mean? I can almost tell you who led them in batting average, you know? Uh, and they suck so bad for so long, man. Like Dale Murphy is like, to me, it's like Mickey Mantle, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, when you say Dale Murphy, you're saying like, oh, man, he's like the greatest Brave ever, right? Uh, and statistically, Chipper Jones is probably superior, right? Yeah. But in, in my childhood, Dale Murphy's like the man. And uh, and then they traded Dale Murphy to the Phillies, who are like, well, you know, yeah. the same. it's like, like Freddie broke, broke our Dodgers. heart. It's like right? Freeman and the Dodgers. That's sad. Broke our heart. You know, and then the but then the Braves started winning. Mm -hmm. They didn't win with Murphy ever. So so then they they started winning, and then that first that year when Francisco Cabrera hit that ball and Sid Bream scored from second, our house. I remember it. It was so long ago, and I was so young, but it came. I remember that like it was yesterday. Mm -hmm. I mean, our house went crazy. And uh, then they got smashed in the World Series a couple times before 1995 when they finally won it. And uh, I, I see the Sid Bream thing sticks out more than when they won the world, the first World Series to yeah. me. And then uh, last, a couple years ago when Jorge Solar hit that home run <laughs> yeah. out of Astros. That's crazy. I still think they mismeasured that. They said that's 440 feet. I'm like, what? Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's like out of it. the stadium down the street. You know, come yeah, on, man. Killed that. Yeah, yeah. So probably that. Mm -hmm. Um, the Georgia championships of the last couple of years, they stick out because I've been cheering for them my whole life, and they, you know, they won like forever forty something years ago. But like in in my life, they've never been dominant. You know, they're always had these great players, and they end up with a mediocre result. And uh, kind of like your rival mediocre is kind of like your kind of like your rival Florida right now. They're going to be there for a minute, but Georgia mediocre is over. Like yeah. they're the, I'm sorry, dude, like people in Georgia keep up with it. I know there's great athletes everywhere and any team can get beat because all of the boys that play D1 football, mm -hmm. D3 football, you don't know what they're going to do any given weekend, but the Bulldogs got it going on right now. Their recruiting is yeah. off the chain. Their second string from last year is is so hungry, like Kirby Smart is very smart. Mm -hmm. And he knows what he's doing. He learned from Nick Saban a lot of things he needed. And uh, I think Georgia's going to win a few more here in the very near future. Yeah. A couple of – two last questions. Don't want to take, like, too much of your time. But It's all good. So, you know, growing up, did you play any sports? I did. I played – well – Soccer and all this stuff was not a thing around here much, but baseball, football, and basketball. Baseball was my true love. Um, I got kicked off the team in high school, and that's when um, it just became solely music-focused. Mm -hmm. You know, I was already musical, but uh, once that happened, because I, I wanted to be – we had, like, draft picks from Jones County, like number mm -hmm. one draft picks and stuff like that for, you know, very close together. Um, and I know these guys, you know, and I was friendly with them. They're older. And, um, I worked out so hard at baseball, but then things didn't line up. My parents split up when I was like 16. That was very rough. And that's like right there in the 10th, 11th grade. And then, uh, in 11th grade, I got, uh, dismissed from the team, uh, by a new coach that just got there. And it was pretty earth shattering. You know what I mean? But I think he just kind of made an example out of me. And and uh so that 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 at the time it broke my heart, but now I wouldn't have it any other way. It was a great part of the story and uh, it led me in a different direction, which ultimately would be how I built this house, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you probably could agree with me as like without like sports teach you so many life lessons that you don't know at the time, but you look back on it and you're like, man, that really like help shape me and be a better person man. Yeah. It teaches you to cheer for other people. Uh, it teaches you to have confidence in yourself. It makes you tested. And like, it, 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 it forces you to overcome like maybe some nervousness or anxiety or teaches you to deal with pressure. It keeps you active, which stimulates your brain. I mean, I, I you know, my kids play uh, softball. My little girls play softball. My wife, I mean, I wish I, she's got a, I got a Jones County Letterman blanket over there. My wife was just a total animal at sports. She lettered, I think, every year in tennis, softball, and basketball. Like, That's great. So yeah. I was, I didn't get no varsity letters. Like, I was, <laughs> it was time to get lettered. I got kicked off, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, but yeah, she, she did it the right way. You know, when I got to high school, I had all kinds of distractions going on. This over here, that over there, girls being cool. You know, all this stuff that a lot of teenage boys deal with, it, I I went through it too. And I just couldn't focus on like 
schoolwork's important. Showing up is important. You know, uh, you know, I was a little more focused on being cool and mm-hmm. being this and doing dumb stuff with my friends. You know, yeah. and uh, it cost me a lot, a lot of, a lot of things like memories. But, uh, but it created a, a maybe a. a um, a period of difficulty, you know what I mean? Like in my teenage, into my early twenties, that overcoming that difficulty is what gave me the songs, mm-hmm. is what gave me the 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 drive to create more real stuff, you know? Yeah. It's just part of my story. But uh I still love sports and I still love Jones County baseball and mm-hmm. I, I give to my school. I'm an alumni there. Mm-hmm. You know, they got my logos on the scoreboards. <laughs> I do a charity concert every year and, and give the money, you know. Yeah. Um, I've given, I don't know, well over $100,000, you know, the last five years into special education to the teachers, to the, you know, buying the band instruments, buying That's the amazing. basketball team shoes. You know what I mean? Like whatever, amazing, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'm Jones County boy Durant. and that's my school. And I got kicked off because of me. You know what I mean? So I don't, yeah. you know, it ain't my community's fault, you know? Yeah. So this is the last question. I always finish off with it for whoever I interview. So when your career is over down the line, how do you want to be remembered? Hard worker, great guy, best live performer, period. Yeah. Well, and, you know what? And I put effort into helping other people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I put effort into helping other people. I did. That was one of my goals, not to make it, but to be relevant in the careers of other artists that were trying to do the same thing. I'm not a hater. I don't got a jealous cell in my body. I like to see people win. If I can tell you something that saves you a year, if I know this guy over here, cause I know kind of everybody that's trying to go, right. Mm-hmm. I know all these people from my journey. I know this guy's looking for something and I know this guy got it. I will call this guy and let him know that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I've made an effort in doing that. It ends up being a big headache a lot of times, mm-hmm. but, but in, in, and also a lot of times it ends up being a difference maker for these other people. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and I don't, we don't go around clapping me on the back, but I know in my heart that I did the right thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. That helped someone on their journey, just like I am. And uh, that's as important to me as being remembered as a great artist. Mm-hmm. Well, Dima, first off, I appreciate you doing this. I look forward to seeing your show in Columbus and meeting you. So you are coming, right? I will be there. And my right, cool. my one buddy, he's taking photos for you guys. And so okay. I really appreciate you just taking the time and everything. It means a lot. No, man, I'm honored to do it. Go dogs. And uh <laughs> <laughs> hey, Buckeyes are dope, man. Y'all almost got it last I'm, year. I, that, dude, I might have to bring you a man. Buckeye Ooh. hat so you can wear it on stage. Yeah, I can't. I have to wear the straw hat on stage, man. Or I might get assassinated. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, listen, if it if it hit, uh, this is funny. Every time I play a show in Florida, I scream "Go Dogs" from the stage. In Gainesville, <laughs> Jacksonville, you have to. You oh, have I to do know it. who you are. Auburn, Florida, any SEC state, yeah. and I'm on stage. They get a "Go Dogs," and they just had to hate me or get over it. <laughs> <laughs>